0: to the Detroit Joe Podcast. If you have been listening to the podcast during the past year, you know it is not a podcast for advertising businesses. Today, I'm going to break my own rule because this person is not like the average person who moved into our city to make money and change the culture of our city. Gentrification does not fit her. Tina is a brown girl who has a business in optical art. To say she sells glasses would not do her justice. She sells art for your face which may not be for the average person because they are so unique. The reason I asked her on the podcast is because she encourages others to live and be daring to start their own project slash business to advance their dreams. I met Tina in southwest Detroit my downtown area, as I was walking to my massage around the corner from her shop. I looked in the window and said I would be back after my appointment. Not only did I love her glasses, I enjoyed our conversation, which was centered around my development of a soon-to-be the Detroit Joe podcast. I often wonder why people from out of state moved to Detroit for work and live here as well. Many people who moved to Detroit during bankruptcy and before COVID have moved on. Many had good reasons and others didn't know how to difficult Detroit can be during the hard times. Tina is still here. Today, we will have a conversation with Tina, the owner of Spectacle Society. Welcome, Tina, to the Detroit Joe podcast.
1: Oh, Joe, I'm so excited to be here. And that was such a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. But
0: that is you. I mean, that's what actually happened. I had no intentions on buying glasses. And I saw glasses. I said, whoop, I think I'll get this massage and bring myself back here and go into this shop. And that's what I did. And
1: the rest is history. And as that's the rest is
0: history. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in our city.
1: Yes. Okay. So I am a Latina. I'm originally from New York. I was born and raised out there. And I actually studied photography for years. That's what I went to school for. And when I was in school, I fell in love with my optics classes, learning about how light and shape was seen by the human eye, how cameras are actually designed to mimic the vision in the human eye, it like fascinated me. And I ended up down a road towards optics. And that was in my 20s. I'm 46 now. (laughs) So I've been in the business for quite some time. But that actually took me out of New York. And I lived in Denver for a little while. And then I lived in Portland, Oregon. But my path to Detroit was really interesting. In 2015, I woke up I must have had a dream. I don't remember it. I couldn't tell you anything. But what I remember is I woke up and I turned to my partner at the time and said to him, I think I'm supposed to live in Detroit. And he went, go back to bed, Tina. No one picks up and moves to Detroit. And I said, I think I'm supposed to, there's something about, I'm supposed to be there. And I didn't, I had no idea. I didn't know anybody here, but I was like, there's something about Detroit. And it sat with me and I, I thought about it a lot, and I let it sit and percolate for a little while. And in 2017, I just had this, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pick up and move to Detroit. This is going to be my moment. And I booked a flight here, and I called my sister, who's traveled all over the country, and I said, have you ever been to Detroit? And she said, no, but I hear great things. And I said, I think I'm moving there. (laughs) And she, she was like, okay. I said, do you want to come visit with me? I'm going to go for a week in the middle of January, in the middle of the snowy cold. Yes, because I want to make sure I could handle a Detroit winter, right? Like, you got to be prepared. So I came out here for five days and we took lifts and Ubers everywhere. I was like, I want to hire local people to take us around because I want to talk to people about what they love about the city. So everywhere we went, We asked people about their favorite neighborhoods, tell us what you love about the city. And honestly, I fell in love with Detroiters before the city itself. I was like, oh my God, everybody is so passionate about this city. Everyone wanted to tell me where their favorite spot was, what their favorite neighborhood was, where they live now, where they used to live, how great things are, how much they really love it through good times and bad, how important the city was to them. And by the end of the five days, I looked at my sister and I was like, I love Detroiters. Like, that's it. I'm coming. This is where I want to be. I want to be in the city with so many people so passionate about everything that's going on, the art, the music, the culture here. Like, this is it. I'm moving. And so I uh, went back at the time I was living in Portland, Oregon, and I started packing things up and getting things ready to make a move. And I was out. Here, seven months later.
0: Wow. You know, I've heard people, when they talk about Detroit, those that like us, they say that Detroiters are so different. When you said passionate, we are. I mean, um, everything is everything to me. I mean, I lived in um, New York, and after going to school there, New York kind of wore me out. Yeah. And so I I said, uh, I'm jumping on the subway when I had money because students are broke.
1: Yep. And if
0: you're broke in New York, Lord, you are broke. Yep. So uh, when I had money, I was jumping on the uh, subway or I had to walk. And I said, Joe, your parents both have cars. (laughs) They both have cars. Uh, yeah. And they can buy you some clothes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Detroit was looking pretty good. <laughs> so I
0: said, you know, uh, maybe I'll just go to grad school here. And I've heard rappers say that um, Detroit is a different type of uh, city. But compared to other cities, how would you rate us in terms of people and their friendliness?
1: you know what, I actually think that I have met a ton of friendly people in Detroit. And now I'm going to say this, knowing that also I'm a New Yorker. And I also feel like I've met a lot of wonderful Mm -hmm. people in New York. But I lived in Denver for the longest time. And everybody was like, oh, that, you know, that like, space is so well, I did not feel like it was as welcoming as Detroit. Like I felt at home. When I got here, uh, my neighbors were really welcoming. Everybody was excited. Like I immediately bonded with my neighbors. I was like, "This is fantastic!" Everybody was looking out for each other. I really loved that. Uh, when I got here, I lived in the West Village um, on the East Side in a little apartment complex, and we were all looking out for each other. We had a little Facebook group so we could keep in touch with each other. As anybody needs something, it just it was such a beautiful um, experience, right? To just be welcomed in by Detroiters. And the majority of people I knew were, you know, born and raised in Detroit.
0: Oh, that is so good. Uh, living on the east side here, which is part of the village, too, I find the gentrifiers to be negative. Mm-hmm. People don't speak when they pass you by. They may speak to your dog, but, the, <laughs> but they don't <laughs> speak, speak to you. Uh uh, there are uh, a couple of dress shops that are in the area, and I walked into one of them. You know, looked like some nice stuff. I didn't have any money with me, but I said, let me go look. And uh, they looked at me, and they dropped their heads.
1: Ah,
0: and then one, I guess she was the owner, she, you know, got up. And I said, I just got a strange, strange, you know, um, feeling. Yeah. And then I said, what sizes are your clothes? Yeah. Well, not everybody is a size two, three, and four.
1: Hello. All right. My, who are you talking to? I <laughs> know.
0: <laughs> and I am a size 12 to size 14. So why would you have a store for small sizes in Detroit, where women are the average American size. Yeah. And we have curves. Yes, absolutely. Uh, curves. I mean, women, uh, black and brown women, we have curves. Yes, we That's do. why so many other women are paying thousands of dollars so that they can have it. That is true. So uh, I think you should make a few more clothes that are for curvy women. But I'm saying, like, why are you here? If this is the attitude that you
1: are going to have. Well, that you're not serving this community. You're not. The community that you're rooted in. That makes no sense.
0: And I thought they were people that had just moved in. And then I found out that this woman and her family, they have lived in the Detroit area. The rich, well, I won't say Detroit. Well, they're gross area. They have lived there forever. Very uh, good things have been said. But I guess one of the children, rich girl, she wanted to probably always had to have a nice little dress shop. Mm. So it's for all these small, small people. And that just cracks me up.
1: Well, you know, what's really interesting to me, and it's part of why it's been so important to me in my store to have a variety of things, is I've worked for lots of people who own opticals, where they shop with a very myopic view, to use (laughs) my own optical terms, but where they're only looking at one segment of the population. And you know what that does? It says this space isn't for you when you walk in. If there's not stuff that fits you, if there's not stuff that reflects who you are, that fits your your features, like it essentially says to you that the space is not for you. It's why it was so important to me to make sure when I was creating this space that we were creating from a space of inclusivity and accessibility and that we were having options for everybody. You know, this is a podcast, so nobody can see me, but I'm a big girl. And I've got a wider face. And in the same family, my sister is significantly smaller with a very petite face. And the two of us have had challenging times over the years finding glasses that fit. And the hard part is most places don't shop for those things. Mm-hmm. They don't. They just include a very narrow perspective of what works. They don't think about people's sizing. They don't think about the way things fit on the bridge of their nose. They don't think about their skin tones. They don't think about, you know, their gender representation. All of those things, they just buy for a very homogenous one type of group, and they don't include anybody else. And one of the things that was really important to me was to make sure that we carried stuff and that I had stuff so that everybody who walked through the door could find something that fit them and that felt like it expressed who they were, their personality.
0: And that's what your glasses do. They're not real uh, conservative. It is truly art. And some of us know um, we like, as you can see, we, we like to do things different. Uh, like when I shaved my head over 30 years ago, you know, people thought that I was part of a uh, religious group. Right. I, <laughs> said, <laughs> I said, no, uh, I'm not. I just decided that uh, hair was not going to define me.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: everything you see on TV, hair, hair, hair. People spend a whole lot of money on hair. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You ain't worth it. Yeah. And then I had cancer. So a lot of people said, oh, she lost her hair at cancer. No, I had shaved my head 10 years before that I had. Yeah. And, you know, some of us
1: are different. Yes, absolutely. And here's the thing. You know, you can have a more conservative approach. I mean, I have pieces in the store that are conservative, but the key part for me is not about somebody trying to pretend to be something they're not. Mm-hmm. It's about really tapping into who are you authentically and how do you want to express that, right? And so for some people, like you and I, right, mm. we love a good, bold piece, right? Like we we put them on and we're like, yes, look at that. Our personality shines through with a nice, beautiful, bold-colored pair of glasses, right? Um, But others, their authentic selves are quieter, right? So I have pieces that are maybe a little more quiet But the key is you need to look in the mirror and see yourself, your true self reflected back at you. And you need to have that feeling when you look in the mirror like, oh, I look good. That's right. right. That is that feeling that I want with everybody I work with because the whole point is to really use your eyewear, at least in my world. I look at eyewear as a way to help people express who they truly are, to love and embrace the inner part of themselves, their true authentic nature to embrace it, to celebrate it, and to share it with the world. And that is so important. And that's also why it's really important, and I feel this strongly, for businesses to really have a broad variety. Not everybody is going to be your client, but if you don't carry things that fit a broad spectrum of people, then you are telling them that they don't belong.
0: That's what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, uh, most
0: people would never connect photography with, you know, glasses. We think we say the word lenses, but that's it. And I have to let people know when I needed some pictures taken, I said, I'm going to go over there to (laughs) i I'm not going to anybody else because she can take some great, great pictures. (laughs) And I do thank you. But one thing that whenever I see you, I always love your glasses that you have on. I say, Tina gets the best for (laughs) herself. There's only one pair like them, and she got the best one.
1: (laughs) Well, and I do try to have a variety of things for everybody. But, you know, I, over the years, have accumulated an eyeglass wardrobe. And I look at it that way. You know, everybody's used to thinking about using your clothing, your closet, right, to express your personality. We also think about a lot of times people love shoes, right? My sister loves five-inch heels. That's her, her thing. She loves them, right? Um, Everybody has a different thing that they love, and it's part of their expression of who they are. And glasses can very much be that way as well. And also, we can use them for different purposes, right? You can use them for reading. We can use them for just distance. We could use a full progressive where you've got everything or a computer pair. There are lots of different ways that your lenses can make your life easier. But one of my f- favorite ways to do it is to use it to express different facets of my personality. So, you know, one day I'll be wearing this bright blue octagon sort of pair, right, or hexagon sort of pair, um, which I'm wearing today mm-hmm. while we're talking. Um, and then the other day I have a beautiful cat eye that was handmade in Paris and has leopard material, actual actual material within the acetate and hand-placed Swarovski stones, and it's gorgeous, Right. And each of those represent a different part of who I am.
0: Right. And I think that the only person we used to see that understood that was Elton John. Right. I mean, he he knew how to wear some glasses. And people would look at him and say, but what type of glasses that he has on? But they were thinking of that as... He's a entertainer, mm-hmm. but you do not have to be an entertainer no. to wear um, stylish glasses. exactly. And that, just like you said, your glasses should or could fit your outfit.
1: Yeah, you they know? could. Absolutely. And I think the most important is you got to feel good in them.
0: You really do.
1: You, you do. You,
0: you don't have to walk around in those wire rim glasses. And I, and unless
1: if, it's your thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> right.
0: and and if you go to a lot of optical places, like they'll have the walls of the designer glasses. All right. Then you'll say, well, where are the glasses that my optical plan pays for? And there are some of the ugliest looking glasses. And I said, <laughs> I said, okay, now I'll use that as a pair of reading glasses that I keep at home, you know. <laughs> yes. Those just don't fit my personality.
1: right? And you don't want to be seen in those because they don't reflect who you no. are.
0: Mm-mm. No. Do you think that more people are, are starting to catch on to face art?
1: I think so. I, I really think so. And they, they really are like a piece of art. You know, and even um, I have a line in the store. I'm the only one in the entire state of Michigan that has them. It's called Retrospects. And they're actually historic pieces. I've got stuff in the store from the 1920s to the 1970s that were made at that time and never worn. So let's say you are somebody who likes a wireframe and likes something really minimal. It doesn't have to be basic or boring. I have a piece from the 1930s post-Great Depression era, which is unbelievable. When you look at it, the detail, there is hand-done filigree post-Depression Uh, Great Depression, jewelers were out of work. And so the optical companies had the foresight to hire jewelers. And these jewelers sit and did hand work on gold pieces of glasses and hand filigree all around the edges. So maybe you like a little more minimal, but you want it to be a little special because it says something about you, right? It doesn't have to be just your basic thing. You want to feel good in them. And so if that means you want something a little more quiet, but you want that little bit of extra detail because you know it's special to you, great. If you are somebody like Joe or myself who's like, yes, give me the bold pair, I want to rock it, then that's amazing. But it it really has to tap into who you are.
0: Absolutely. Well, being an entrepreneur must have its challenges. <laughs> what has it been like for you?
1: <laughs> I laugh because <laughs> Um Joe it has been a bumpy road I'm not going to lie I did not intend to open in the middle of a pandemic but life happened right and I was planning to open my business in a regular economy with lots of things going on and I had already signed all my paperwork and the ground was you know broken on the space and we were all going forward and then the pandemic hit and so um that was 2020 was a rough year, I'm not going to lie. I we kept pushing off the opening of the store and the opening of the store and it was
0: absolutely
1: it was a challenge and money was running out and it was like are we going to open am I going to have enough money to open this project is almost done how are we going to get this there wasn't enough. And then we opened in December 26th of 2020, just a few days before the new year. And then in 2021, we were still kind of in the midst of pandemic stuff, right? And so It was slow. It was very slow. My first year, I'm not going to lie. And, you know, any entrepreneur knows going in that there's always ups and downs, right? There's going to be ups and downs with the economy. There's going to be ups and downs seasonally. I had been in this business for over 20 years, so I knew, you know, there were going to be some ups and downs month to month. But I wasn't really ready for how <laughs> how much down there was gonna be. You know, uh,
0: COVID blew the minds off of businesses. Yeah. Off of parents, cause now they've got to figure out what to do with their children when they can't do third and fourth grade math. And I'm talking about the
1: parent. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Or either the parent finds out that these are some badass kids. How do teacher, teachers do it? You know, I, I had this one parent say, How do you get them to sit down and work? I said, Well, can I tell you that? Because, yeah. uh, you know, I am used to 35 in the classroom. Right. And they sit down and they work. So it gave the parents a chance, but it wore them out. Absolutely. And everybody is working differently. Yeah. Some people are still at home. Yeah. Uh, I got ticked off because the IRS, I found out some of them were at home because my paperwork went to one address and a check went to that the other, Mm, you know, and then they send me one of those ugly letters, you did not file. I said, said, what? (laughs) And, And she says, well, that, you know, check goes to a different place. And I'm saying to myself, you are sitting at home. Mm. you sitting at home with, <laughs> with, with all of our information, and you got the nerve to have to because you lost my stuff. So I had to file, you know, over. Um, yeah. If I had to do it all over again in terms of moving from the nor- Northwest side, I was fortunate, you know. My parents and the Mumford High School kids we're very, very fortunate, very privileged. But my father's people came from the east side. And when I was a little girl, I watched them build the Lafayette area. Mm. And I told him, I couldn't have been four or five. I said, Daddy, I am moving there. He said, oh, you know, are you? But I too had a calling that said, you are to teach over there on the east side. But if I right now decided, that I wanted to, you know, move, I would move to Southwest Detroit Mm. because it is a huge neighborhood. It has stores. It has everyday folks. Yes. How do you see the Southwest area? So
1: I fell in love with Southwest on my very first visit to Detroit. And I have to tell you, it was immediately a space I felt Connected to and felt at home in as a Latina, seeing a tremendous amount of people who spoke Spanish, who had Spanish businesses or Mexican businesses or you know Venezuelan businesses, all of the diversity within our Latinx community. I just was like, I love this area, and I love to see the growth, but also that the area is maintaining who it is, and I'm try, and really trying to hold on to that. Plus, I loved being rooted in a community. That was one of the things that was really important to me starting this business is that, you know, lots of places can be set up in downtown. That's a really valid business model is to go to a downtown area where there's a lot of foot traffic and a Mm -hmm. lot going on during the week. But for me, what I do is so much rooted in the connection between people in getting to know somebody and helping them express who they are through their eyewear, that I really wanted to be a community space. I wanted to be rooted in a community. And I just loved the area. Um, and so I really loved that. And, and when the store opened, neighbors came and stopped by and popped Aww. their head in and said hello and introduced themselves. And I was so... Excited to be there. (laughs) Like, just so excited.
0: I know that feeling because growing up on Northwest Side, we had that. And then when I uh, moved to the East Side, we had that. But then the gentrifiers came. So they changed the whole culture. Yeah. And it's just so different. You know, growing up, like if someone in your family was sick, uh the neighbors would bring you food yeah or bring you a cake if somebody died you know it was a closeness and that's what i miss in my city but southwest has it still and northwest still has yeah. it but this but a piece of this east side you know they uh, mm, it changed they really did that's why i'm i'm so passionate about letting them know how I don't like them. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Good if you can't speak, so what I do is I, I make them speak. Yeah. You know, I, I say, good morning. Yeah. And I, and I say it like, and, and they kind of look like, oh, I didn't see you. No way in the world you didn't see me. Yeah. I'm almost six feet tall. I'm bald-headed, black. You saw me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but you are so into your dogs and trying to change the culture this is not new york yeah and when i saw the prices for rent i said has this city gone crazy and it's not the city it's these developers coming in charging so much money for just a one bedroom yeah apartment yeah that's not how we live here
1: yeah That did surprise me when I moved here, like, and I was on the east side, my first apartment. I was like, wow, I'm I'm really, I mean, I was prepared to pay, but I was like, wow, that was a really expensive apartment. And I thought, wow, that's for the size that it was and what have you. I was really surprised. But I also, what I I feel like I've seen is, at least over in Southwest, is I've seen a lot of people really trying to stay committed to keeping you know, the housing for people, right? Like to really keep the people in the neighborhood. At least that's the conversations I'm having with a lot of my neighbors is that we are really trying to make sure we're maintaining spaces for people who have lived here for years and years and years that they're not getting pushed out, that they're getting to stay in their homes in their neighborhoods that they grew up in, you know? Um, And I think that's so important. Right. Well,
0: Tina, I hope more people will go to Spectacle Society. And I'm telling you I'm telling all of you you have got to go, uh, and what you do is that you call her up or send an email, and it's a private showing, and you'll be the only one there, and she'll show you all these different glasses, and she'll be honest with you and say, "Ah, oh, yes,, mm, no." <laughs> and and that <laughs> and that is very, very important. And I want to thank you for coming. Oh, thank like you I for said, having um, me. uh, this is not a podcast for, you know, businesses, but there are people that have businesses that are building up the community that they say, you know, I opened up this laundromat because this community did not have one. Those are the business people that I like.
1: Right.
0: I really, really do. So feel free to come.
1: Well, I really appreciate it. And honestly, one of the things that I I saw when I got here was that in order to get time, like every space that I, I looked at for iWear just didn't have the quality level of stuff that I wanted for Detroiters. And you had to go out of the city to get something. And I was like, yes. that's not okay. You're like right. we deserve amazing things. And one of the things that I really love to do, like you mentioned, is is the custom time with people. So you can walk in and try and see me. But if I have a booked appointment with a client, the store is closed down to everybody but them because you deserve my attention. Okay. You deserve that one-on-one because that's how I get to know who you are and help you express oh. yourself. And that's the ticket, right? Is really let's let's become close. Let's create that bond of community where we know each other. We look out for each other. We think about each other. And I can can help you in that way, expressing yourself. Right. And I love that feeling. Like when you put on your glasses, Joe, the first time and you could see through them and you were like, oh, Tina, I look amazing. I, <laughs> I mean, that fills my little optician heart with joy. Like <laughs> There is no better feeling in the world than helping somebody really embrace and see their the beauty in their uniqueness. Right. And that Detroit is deserve the best. Yes, absolutely. Deserve,
0: uh, you know, I don't think the um, country realizes that they have what they have because of Detroit. Yes. Detroit makes things run. That is right. And they often forget about that. They want to call us country, so be it. <laughs> you know, so be it. And they said, oh, <laughs> when, I was in, when I was living in um, New York, they said, are you from down south? I said, no. I'm from Detroit. Oh, yeah. oh, I just thought maybe you down <laughs> the way that you dress and the, <laughs> the way you sound. <laughs> Whatever. Detroit is um, unique. We're not New York. We're not Chicago. That's right. We are not, you know, Cleveland. We are who that we are.
1: That's right. And uh, It's a very special vibe and culture here. And it the people are just incredible.
0: We are. Yes. We are. We are. Well, Tina, again, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And and no, you can always come back. And I'm telling people, go over there, call her, and put some of those glasses on. And do not say, oh, these costs, these costs too much. Uh, this is Detroit, and so that means she will work with you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we know how to work with each other, so she'll work with you. And now for my two cents. Never in life did I see myself as a podcast host. If you have a dream to be an entrepreneur, work for one, take a class or two, get a mentor, find funding, and go for it. Oh, yes don't think it will be easy because it ain't well that's just my two cents this is Detroit Joe signing off and whatever you do walk in love and peace